0: to the CurveBeam AI cast, bringing you the future of orthopedics and bone health.
1: Hi, I'm Vinti Singh, Vice President of Marketing at CurveBeam AI. Thanks for joining us on another episode of CurveBeam AI Cast, where we talk to our partners about the technology that is advancing orthopedic care. Today, I am honored to be joined by Joao Pedro Ribeiro, who is co-founder, chairman, and CEO of PeakMed, a software platform for planning for the hip and knee. And we just so happened to be in Dallas where tomorrow, The AUKUS annual meeting is starting, so uh, many of the leading experts and innovators in the hip and knee space are all descending into Dallas, so it just seems like a great time to have this conversation. Joao, thank you so much for being here today.
0: Thank you. It's a a pleasure. Thank you for the invitation.
1: Absolutely. Well, I'm really excited to have this conversation. Um, Let's just start at the beginning. What is PeakMed? And what is the origin story of PeakMed? Where did you get the idea? How did it come to be?
0: It's it's an interesting story. Thanks for for bringing it up. So um, uh, I'm a biomedical engineer by by training. I did my master's in medical informatics and medical imaging back in 2011, 2012. Um, And back then, while I was doing my master's, the initial idea was to develop something like a software-based solution uh, that would allow uh, surgeons to plan their surgeries in advance um, in three dimensions. So that was the core idea of, um, of the master's thesis team. Um, so fast forward to a couple of years after, um, I thought, okay, so the technology actually works so I'll try to de- kind of design a product out of it mm-hmm. and, and kind of test the market to see if there's, there's a fit, if mm-hmm. there's an interest from the market on this type of solutions. Um, so that's when we started the, the, the company in uh, 2015. Um, so I, I started that with Jaima and, and Sarah, the other two co-founders, also biomedical engineers. Mm-hmm. And, and the goal back then, or the vision, um, which is still the same, was to be this interface between the surgeon and whatever happens in the OR. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we wanna help to actually uh, better understand what the, the what's the problem with the patient mm-hmm. and, and what type of solutions do we have to fix that, that patient. So all within kind of this kind of time range be- between first appointment to surgery.
1: Mm-hmm. And did you notice when you started this project in school and then when you started doing your market research, what other options were out there for surgeons? What could they do if they didn't have this technology?
0: No, absolutely. Um, so even during the masters, um, I, I did a kind of a, a little research in the beginning. It was not the same research we ended up doing a couple of years um, later, um, but I did a bit of the research um, and figured out that back then there were already a couple of solutions to, to do that. Um, but most of them, they were almost designed for engineers, to be mm-hmm. used by mm-hmm. engineers. Mm-hmm. Um, and although you have surgeons that really want to kind of dig in when they prepare for surgery, but the majority of the time, um, surgeons, they don't have time for, mm-hmm. for that. So right. they really wanna see a plan and, and, and kind of prepare for that case, but they don't have a lot of time to invest to, uh, to do that. Mm-hmm. So our goal, uh, or my goal in the beginning, and then end up with uh, being the same goal with, uh, with PICMA, um, was, okay, so how can we streamline this process of planning and preparation for surgery without asking the surgeon to invest like 15, 20, 30 minutes of its time mm-hmm. just to plan um, mm-hmm. uh, a case. So, and I think that's the kind of the biggest differentiator that we have is really that we speed up this process of planning. We make it so easy for mm-hmm. the surgeon to, to do um, that he wants to, to do mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah,
1: because time is, Definitely uh, limited Absolutely. For, Absolutely. for the average surgeon today. Um, well, that, that's, uh, that's really interesting. So can you talk a little bit about once you started to see uh, that there maybe was a market for this, some of the steps to, towards becoming peak med as we know it today?
0: Yeah, so we realized that uh, this type of solutions um, it actually solves, I would say, two main challenges. So one is um, kind of mostly uh, targeted for surgeons, which is kind of on the clinical setting, right? Mm-hmm. So how, how can we help, like I, like I was saying, how can you help the surgeon to actually prepare for, for surgery? But at the same time that we realize that for the industry, it also it is also very useful as well, mm-hmm. um, because with a solution like this, they know in advance mm-hmm. what type of instruments, what, ty- what type of implants, the size of those implants they will need for an upcoming surgery. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's, that's when we started to realize that, okay, we may have like, a, uh, we might have two targets, two different targets here that we, mm-hmm. we can address with the, same, with the same solution. And that's pretty much what we did. So mm-hmm. we started to uh, invest a lot in developing features that mm-hmm. are clinically targeted, mm-hmm. um, so for, for the surgeon to, to use. But at the same time, to streamline the process in a way that we, we also integrate with these um, implant manufacturers, mm-hmm. so they have access to this information um, a lot of time in advance. Um, so so they can uh, actually be prepared for for surgery when the surgery comes up.
1: So you have have two very distinct set of customers that yeah. are are linked, but also have distinct needs. Yeah. so so let's take them individually. for for surgeons, where in that process, that orthopedic surgery process that you, you mentioned a little bit earlier, where does PeakMed offer value? How are you along that planning stage making it faster and, and how are you integrating into the workflows that they have already?
0: Yeah, yeah that's a very good question. So basically, we, uh, our process starts right after the surgeon has access to the medical image. Mm-hmm. So either the x-ray, the CT, the MRI. So as soon as the, the surgeon has access to that, we can start. Um, and we typically also integrate with PAX vendors. Mm-hmm. Um, so we have a lot of partnerships where um, if you have that specific PAX software in your, in your you know, hospital setting, you have a button to say, I want to plan with PeakMed this particular case that I'm seeing. Mm-hmm. Um, so when, once they do that, we take care of all the planning. So the system performs the planning um, automatically. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and therefore the surgeon, without spending or investing a lot of time with that, they have access to the kind of the final outcome of the planning and they approve it and then once they do that then we also send that information so that the surgeon has access to this report mm-hmm. um, typically a pdf or they can integrate with our uh, ipad version as well um, but the goal is as soon as they, they close the case mm-hmm. we send all of that information to the implant manufacturer mm-hmm. so now the rep knows that for patient x and mm-hmm. um, the rep will need Size six, size five, whatever sizes, whatever instrument sets they will need. That's what what um, they will have access as soon as the planning is 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 done.
1: Interesting. That's that's great. And yeah. and uh, how long typically for peak med does the planning part take?
0: We designed it to be really quick mm-hmm. as well, uh, mm-hmm. because again, time is, is key here. So typically in a normal case, you would take like two, three minutes. For the planning to be done, wow. uh, from uploading the the scan, whatever mm-hmm. scan you're using, until you are okay, okay with the, with mm-hmm. that plan, and you don't want to change it, it takes like three minutes wow. to uh, to do that. Uh, it's it's really quick um, yeah. because again, we want the surgeon to invest time taking care of the patient Mm -hmm. not really Mm -hmm. kind of messing around with with software because they have a lot of softwares uh, uh, that they need to to -hmm. deal with uh, within this process already Mm -hmm. so we don't want to be just another one Mm -hmm. that they need to Mm to to work with
1: and how are you able to do that so quickly are you incorporating ai what makes that yeah make it happen under five minutes yeah
0: yeah uh, yeah, absolutely so a lot of our technologies are based on deep learning um, Mm -hmm. uh, algorithms uh, or models um, which streamline this process of segmentation of landmarking of even the process of planning Mm -hmm. um, which is quite good because the more cases we have coming into the system the better the system will be in the in the future so we also train our models with cases coming in Mm -hmm. Um, so and that allows us to speed up this process of segmentation that typically would take a lot of minutes, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, uh, uh, an hour maybe, if uh, if a case is, is quite complex. Um, so we, we turn this into seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing for the landmark, which is almost instantaneous. Yeah. Um, and uh, and then for the planning, same thing. So we decrease this uh, kind of time need for, for the planning, and then we leave that for the surgeon to Adjust the planning based on his own preferences, um, and and play with it um, until he's happy with that, and then and then approves it.
1: Mm-hmm. That's that's fantastic. How big would you say your hip and knee surgeon user base is today?
0: Yeah, no, it's a very it's a very interesting question. So. Um, right now, we have more than 5,000 surgeons using our wow. our system. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and the majority of them are really hip and knee surgeons. Mm-hmm. Um, although we have modules for for and ankle surgeons, for upper extremities, like shoulder replacements, mm-hmm. uh, also for trauma, mm-hmm. um, the majority of our surgeons are really hip and knee surgeons. Mm-hmm. I would say even within the hip and knee surgeons, the majority of them are knee surgeons. Mm-hmm. Because we have invested a lot of time um, Uh, kind of improving our knee um, modules. Mm -hmm. Um, And and for example, one of the modules that we we receive a lot of good feedback is our knee osteotomy, Mm -hmm. um, which is, it's a perfect example of how quickly we can make the the planning of such a complex um, surgery. Mm -hmm. Um, And um, so, so yeah, the the majority of them are really knee and hip surgeons.
1: Okay, and what's the typical learning curve for a surgeon to understand how to use the software?
0: Yeah, Um, so, as I was saying before, we designed it to be used by surgeons, mm-hmm. not engineers. Mm-hmm. As I've seen in in the past when we when I started the, the master thesis, mm-hmm. so um, we designed it to be um, so easy in a way that typically they don't need training to start using the system. Mm-hmm. They might need training to understand kind of the clinical details of of the system. Mm-hmm. Uh, and typically, what we do is we do with just a training session with a group of surgeons inside of a hospital, and it's good enough uh, mm-hmm. the majority of the times. We don't need to do another session, um, So, but at least to start using the system, um, they don't need training. Uh, mm-hmm. So we have our user guide uh, and, uh, and almost like a, a tutorial inside of the system telling, okay, now you do this, mm-hmm. now you do that, mm-hmm. and they follow the process. And, and the process is always the same, regardless if you are planning, um, a knee replacement, for example, or a hip replacement, mm-hmm. the underlying process is pretty much the same. Of mm-hmm. course, the kind of the clinical outcome ideally is different, mm-hmm. um, but the process is pretty much the same. Um, so so yeah, it's, it's really quick. Um, mm-hmm. So they typically are able to start playing with it. Mm-hmm. Then we schedule a session of, of training just to explain kind of the nitty-gritty of, uh, of, um, of the system. Mm-hmm. Um, but then that's it. Not, not a lot of training is, is required.
1: Okay. And if there is a more complex case that maybe the surgeon does want to actually get in there or wants to spend a little bit more time, is there that ability for the surgeon to be more hands-on with the case?
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, we started to also add a lot of features that allow surgeons to be more manual, Mm -hmm. if you will, Mm -hmm. uh, and dig in into into the planning of those cases Um, because we started to receive a lot of requests on this um, kind of revision cases, Mm -hmm. for example, where Mm -hmm. typically they are quite complex uh, or, um, um, I don't know, maybe a complex trauma case. Um, So we started to add these features that allow the surgeon um, to really plan and and use those tools. Mm -hmm. And of course, they will need to invest more time planning those cases. Mm -hmm. um, But that's why the system was designed to Mm -hmm. as well.
1: That's great, that's great. Well, let's flip to the other side of the coin, um, industry. Yeah. So what are some of the innovative tools that uh, PeakMed is offering to industry? What need are you fulfilling for these implant manufacturers?
0: Yeah, so what we realized was, as I was saying, one of the challenges for these manufacturers are also is also to Know in advance what implants they will need for that particular surgery. Okay. So I'm I'm sure, and given the size of these companies, that they know exactly um, what kind of range of sizes they typically use the most, right? Mm-hmm. Based on uh, what they are selling. Uh, but the, the challenge here is to know, okay, for that particular patient, what we will need to provide our surgeon with, right? Or now, uh, and more often, you, you we start seeing we started to see that um, that. This type of companies, they also have navigation devices mm-hmm. or robotic devices mm-hmm. or some form of execution tools for, for the OR. Um, so they really need to plan and prepare for that particular surgery. Mm-hmm. So these type of companies, they typically rely on a team of product specialists or a team of engineers to do this plan. Uh, because again, surgeons, they won't uh, spend time or invest time doing this planning. So they rely on this product specialist or this team of engineers to do that. And this is really costly mm-hmm. for the company, right? Because it's, it's not scalable. Because mm-hmm. in the end, the more uh, surgeons you have, so the more customers you have, mm-hmm. the more engineers you'll need to have in place to take care of all those plannings. Mm-hmm. So, and since our system can be this interface between the surgeon, but also uh, the company, mm-hmm. um, so the system is pretty much the same. And in the end, we send the same result that typically this product specialist or this engineer has as an outcome. Mm-hmm. We provide the same outcome to the company mm-hmm. for the company to know Either the sizes of those those systems mm-hmm. or those implants, so mm-hmm. kind of templating cases mm-hmm. in the end, or even to integrate with this exe- execution tool, like mm-hmm. the navigation device or the robotic device. Mm-hmm. So we provide the same information that the, uh, an engineer would would provide, mm-hmm. but without having the time of an engineer to actually plan that case. Mm-hmm. So it's really about decreasing costs. It's yes. really about helping these companies to be mm-hmm. more efficient while providing the the the, the best service to. To the surgeon
1: so are you seeing that implant companies are using your service basically as their their oem planning tool or do you have implant companies that have their own planning system, but also recognize that peak med might be preferred by some of their surgeons, so they have kind of a hybrid approach. What are you seeing? Uh, Both, actually. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, So some of our customers, they rely on our technology only Mm -hmm. to be this interface with the surgeon, Mm -hmm. and others, they also have their own solutions, Mm -hmm. but they rather prefer uh, to be in our system as well, Mm -hmm. because their customers are using our system anyway. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's actually both, Mm -hmm. which
1: is interesting. Mm -hmm. Um, and then when you when it is kind of a hybrid approach, have you gotten feedback from surgeons that have access to both? Um, yeah. what, what the comparison is? Like what, what's some of the feedback that you yeah. get?
0: Um, so I'm kind of remembering a couple of uh, examples um, for, um, in this case, for, for neosteotomy cases where um, kind of we have the same customers, right? Mm-hmm. So th- they are surgeons were also using our system in, in the past mm-hmm. and they end up preferring to use our um, our system instead, mm-hmm. um, because again, it was much faster in providing the the, the outcome. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they could get the same outcome using the other company's tools anyway. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, the way to reach that outcome was much mm-hmm. faster um, uh, for for the surgeon um, than using the the other the other solutions. So mm-hmm. so I guess in the end, it, it's really all about understanding what the surgeon needs are mm-hmm. um, and, and kind of develop a solution based on, on, mm-hmm. on that.
1: Mm-hmm. I would say probably since you were in school to now, there are a lot more other planning software yeah. options out there. What are you doing to stay competitive?
0: I think it's always um, kind of keeping the same vision mm-hmm. um, and um, so we we typically say that we are laser focused mm-hmm. on um, keeping that vision alive, mm-hmm. um, which is all about kind of being this interface between the surgeon and the OR. Mm-hmm. And as long as we stick with this, and as long as we keep reinventing most of our tools mm-hmm. um, with this in mind all mm-hmm. the time, um, we we will stay. Uh, we, uh, we we believe that we will stay ahead of our of our competitors. And it's really this. Um, Agile uh, mindset uh, of constantly be asking: Is this the best way of doing this? Is maybe there's another way, mm-hmm. uh, a better way of doing this? Uh, so let's try it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and I believe that as long as uh, we keep this 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 mindset alive, uh, we'll be ahead of our competitors. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, you recently opened so. PeakMed is based in Portugal. We, yeah. we, we didn't that's quite right. talk about that, but that's, right. uh, that's where uh, you're from and, and, yeah. and the co-founders are from and, and yeah. where it was started. Um, but you recently did open an office in Warsaw, Indiana, which is considered the orthopedic capital of the world. Yeah. Uh, can you talk about the strategy behind that move?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So since the beginning, it was um, a milestone for us to set up a base here mm-hmm. in the U.S. as well being one of the largest, if not the largest market for, for orthopedics. Um, and uh, when we thought about it, we thought, okay, but where? Mm-hmm. Um, and the majority of uh, um, companies that we have good relationship, not, not necessarily within the same business, mm-hmm. um, but companies that we have a good relationship with, they end up kind of incorporating in Delaware, mm-hmm. uh, which is easier and mm-hmm. we understand why. Um, but we thought, okay, Warsaw, Indiana, is still the kind of the world, ki- worldwide capital for orthopedics. Mm-hmm. Um, but in the past, it has this history of being that, but mostly for metal and plastic. So mm-hmm. implant-manufactured companies mm-hmm. um, would have their either their headquarters or they have an important base there, kind of a manufacturer process or something. Um, so I thought, okay, maybe it makes sense, but still we are a 100% software-based company. So mm-hmm. we are purely di- digital. Mm-hmm. Um, but while engaging with people from there, and there, there are a lot of uh, uh, local institutions kind of trying to boost the ecosystem, the local ecosystem there, mm-hmm. still within orthopedics, mm-hmm. but way more digital now. Mm-hmm. So we mm-hmm. thought, okay, b- we believe that it's really uh, or definitely the best place to 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 open, and and really the the environment around. So you can actually mm-hmm. feel that that people talk about. Orthopedics, so mm-hmm. they understand mm-hmm. the business. Sure. So and even for talent in the future, mm-hmm. it makes sense to 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 be there as well because yes. there are a lot of universities around with with good talent. So it makes sense to mm-hmm. to, to be there. Mm-hmm. So so that's why we end up selecting Warsaw, Indiana.
1: Sure, and when you probably go to get your coffee at the coffee shop, you'll probably rub shoulders with, with somebody yeah. from the industry and, and maybe be able to have a good conversation. Yeah. So that, that does make a lot of sense. How big is your uh, US office? How many people so far?
0: Yeah, so uh, our goal now, we're starting to, to hire. We are really in the, in the hiring process now. Mm-hmm. So our goal is to start hiring people mostly on the sales side, mm-hmm. um, also to provide Um, support Mm -hmm. to our local um, customers so not Mm -hmm. only surgeons but also um, OEMs Um, but the idea is to start having also kind of a small engineering team Mm -hmm. that can engage with our uh, engineering team uh, back in Portugal Mm -hmm. which I think will be kind of beneficial for both sides to Mm -hmm. kind of have this cross collaboration Um, so but in in the beginning we'll focus mostly on on kind of marketing and sales activities
1: Mm -hmm. Okay, wonderful uh, and then you can expand your your user base here in the United States as well, and and provide exactly. that local support. It makes it makes a lot of sense. Can you talk about in your journey so far? What is the one thing that has maybe surprised you the most? And and you can take that any way you want in the industry, in um, in the specialty. However, you'd like to answer that question.
0: Actually, it was a good surprise in the end. So when when I started to do the master, um, I was told back then that surgeons were not really fans of technology hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought quite weird back then. Um, but now having the company, having engaged with a lot of surgeons, that's not true, mm-hmm. actually. Um, what I ended up uh, realizing was that um, typically you have solutions being used by surgeons but they were designed to be used by engineers. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm an engineer myself, so mm-hmm. I know um, that's, that's quite typically the case where, okay, if we want a new feature in the system, just add a button, mm-hmm. right? We always <laughs> add buttons to do some, something. Um, so, uh, and, and I think that's the, kind of the wrong mindset because, again, I end up um, figuring out that surgeons, they like technology, they want to play with technology, they see a lot of value mm-hmm. around technology, but we just, we as engineers, uh, we need to figure out ways of providing that technology without requiring the surgeon to spend half an hour right. doing something, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and that, that was, if I would pick just one mm-hmm. uh, kind of um, key aspect, that would be the one mm-hmm. um, that um, I was told in the beginning, but that was okay. completely wrong. So
1: if you have an intuitive UI, that's, that's, that's the most yeah. important. Yeah important thing about making it more accessible yeah, yeah. Uh, so it's it's not that uh, surgeons are technology averse it's just make the the interface one that's just more approachable yeah exactly. and and designed for the way their their brain is processing uh, the, exactly. the clinical information exactly yeah. and, and, and <laughs> I think
0: kind of the, uh, the segmentation of images is a very good example where mm-hmm. um, you typically ask the surgeon to do a lot of the manual work to to do that, mm-hmm. while if you have a process that that is automatically segmenting a scan, mm-hmm. um, and that takes like seconds for the servant to process, mm-hmm. that speeds up quite a lot the, the process, and takes a lot of this burden mm-hmm. to to prepare that image to 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 do whatever you want to plan the case to okay. to send to a uh, navigation device. Um, so I- if you take that from the equation, then the surgeon doesn't need to spend just like ten minutes or fifteen minutes just to prepare the image for that. Mm-hmm. Um, so and th- there's technology around that allows um, the the this particular aspect to be processed uh, much faster. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's really the case.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that makes that makes sense. Um, and my uh, my last question for you would be: What is a concept in orthopedics today that maybe seems like a dream? Uh, that you know, one day in the future, this will be possible, um, but that you are are hoping will be standard of care in, in about five years, uh, because at, at the pace and, and rate it, that things are accelerating, and, and what do you think they'll take to get there? Yeah, yeah.
0: No, I think it's, it's a quite nice question. So um, I will kind of um, answer around something that I thought in the past that would be kind of really um, future thinking or mm-hmm. even a bit far-fetched. Um, and it was kind of to have all of this uh, information that we have access before even the planning process, so before mm-hmm. the, the surgeon has access to the medical, the medical image of that particular patient for that particular procedure um, and have that information integrated with all these processes that end up um, resulting in, in surgery. So the, the thing that in the past I thought maybe it will take a lot of time to reach that. Then now I see that it's almost there. So mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't even say that it will take five years to mm-hmm. to happen, is really to have all of this data that we are generating um, while we, we use our wearables um, and, mm-hmm. and, and all that, and integrate that with whatever case that the surgeon is taking care of mm-hmm. um, and have that in mind when he's preparing for mm-hmm. surgery, um, I think that Will highly improve patient outcomes. One one thing that is it's uh, it's a very good example of that is okay. If we have a patient that has already a history of being um, overweight or is a smoker or something like that, so if we combine this with the planning process, most likely the outcome of um, of, of the surgery will be different. If we are comparing with, against a patient that is active, um, it's healthy, no comorbidities at all. Um, so. I believe that the planning needs to be different. The, 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 the way of thinking of that particular surgery needs to be different. Okay. So if we combine all of this information, all of this data um, into something that um, enables or empowers the surgeon to, to make a better decision, okay. um, that to me uh, will, be, will be definitely key. And when we started the company back then, we believe, okay, we will get there. Mm-hmm. It will take some time to, mm-hmm. to get there, but we will. Um, now I totally believe that we won't need five years to oh, to be wow. there.
1: So you think that data could actually be integrated into the PeakMed platform? No, absolutely. Wow. No, absolutely.
0: Yeah. Um, that's, that's So interesting. we we see this in as kind of our we call it the constant loop of improvement, mm-hmm. uh, which is if uh, we since we are feeding information of um, what happens in the OR into the models for uh, a better planning, uh, so you are constantly improving the system. And if we feed this with even more data before the mm-hmm. planning, um, then you you end up with a way larger system, mm-hmm. but it's way more um, knowledgeable.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's true, we're all collecting data constantly, so we exactly. might as well use it for, exactly. for our own health and our own benefit. Exactly. Yeah. Well, this was a really wonderful conversation. Are there any final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with?
0: No, just to say that is, um, um kind of having this integrations with, um, for example, with KerrBeam AI as well, where uh, we streamlined this this process for for the surgeon I think that's really beneficial for uh, for, uh, for the surgeon but but in the end for the whole value chain uh, of, of, of care um, because as I was saying if we um, enable the surgeon uh, to have access to these technologies in a way that it's way more intuitive mm-hmm. and they don't need to spend uh, hours playing with that uh, but instead focusing on uh, on, on the patient mm-hmm. um, I think those are key and uh, Having this type of relationships in the end um, kind of improves the whole value chain.
1: Well, it's technologies like PeakMed that let surgeons take that information that they're getting from weight-bearing CT, which can be, again, overwhelming if you're thinking that you're going to, as a surgeon, have to spend 10, 15, 20 extra minutes analyzing this weight-bearing CT scan with, with platforms like PeakMed if they can do the heavy lifting for you. That, that is a, a huge benefit and makes it uh, much more fathomable for, for a surgeon who maybe never used weight-bearing CT before to incorporate it into their practice. So Absolutely. We're, we're, we're equally excited. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, great, thank you. Thank you And have for a great me. August. <laughs> you too.
0: Thank you.